And so we have to remember that God used thoughts and words, therefore we use thoughts and words as well. The enemy has tried to break that connection. He's tried to sabotage and destroy our mouths. He wants to get our mouths unsaved. He wants to get us to the point where all we speak is negative. All we speak is bad. All we speak is doom and gloom. And therefore, that's what we end up with. I could take you to the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14, and you can see this come about. So we have to be careful the words that we use and the thoughts that we think. So <clears throat> we're moving in tonight. Man is created in the image of God, so therefore he must operate and exist after his kind, which is God. So man has to work after his kind of creation, which we're in the made in the image of God, and therefore we must operate and exist like God. So we were formed in the mother's womb, and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, 13 through 16. The New Living Translation says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Verse 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. That is our book of destiny. We talked about that last week. That is our book of destiny. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God already has a plan for each of our lives. And so we want to talk about this divine connection tonight as believers with the angels. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. His purpose is what was written in the books about us before we were born. His purpose is what was written about me before I took my first breath. His purpose and the holy calling that he has put upon us was written before we were even birthed, which was given in us, given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That is his purpose. That's where Jeremiah 29, 11 comes in. We all know that scripture. We all have it hanging up on our wall. We all have it hanging around right in the dash. You can't see your temperature gauge and your gas gauge because you've got it written on a flash card. You've got it written on an index card that says, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So God has a plan. And so we want to talk about that more tonight and how that is facilitated. Our angels, our angels. Matthew 18.10. Beware that you do not despise or feel scornful 
toward or think little of one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always are in the presence of and look upon the face of my Father who is in heaven. And we know Psalm 34, 7 says that the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivers them. So in the scriptures, the word angel, this is in the King James, the word angel appears 201 times in the King James, the word angel. The word angels, plural, appears 94 times in the King James Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So the scripture is full of angel activity. The scriptures are full of angelic operations. Why would it change now? Why should it change now that there would be no angelic activity in this last day and in this last hour? Why would it change now that we would not have with us, we cannot ask for the ministry of or the help of angels in this last hour? Why would that have changed? The Bible says that God said, I alone am God and beside me there is no other. And he said, I change not. Why would it change Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? So we want to talk about this connection with angels and believers and men and women of God. Let's look at Abraham and Sarah tonight. Way back in Genesis, chapter number 18, in the King James. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in a tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. Now this is the angel talking to Abraham here. I will return according to the time of life, and lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. So the angels visit Abraham and Sarah, and he says to Abraham, I'm going to visit Sarah in the time of life, and when I return, she's going to have a son. So the angels were working in that situation according to the will of God in the life of Abraham and in the life of Sarah. They were working in that situation. Abraham was 99 years old. Sarah was 75 years old. They were working in a situation where there was a dead womb, but there was a living word spoken over that dead womb that said that Abraham would have a seed. It said that Abraham would have an heir. It said that Abraham would have a, a, not only a family, but Abraham would have nations come from him. And God used the connection between Abraham and Sarah and angels to bring this about. Notice that there was a barren womb in Sarah, but there was a living word given to them. And that living word was, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah thy wife shall have a son. Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. Why? Because the word was spoken. The book of Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We don't have time to get into that right now, but death and life are in the power of the tongue. And man lives by the fruit of what comes from his lips. So we have to be careful what we say. 
because we are, remember, made in the image of God. And when we speak a word, heaven stands at attention. When we speak a word, the entire spirit realm stands at attention because we being made in the image of God use the same after his kind, just like God did, thoughts and words. And so we have to be careful because we may be aborting miracles in our lives because of the words we speak. We may be shortcutting and cutting God off from working 100% in our lives simply because of the words that are spoken. So we have to be careful what we say. We have to be careful what we say here. Now, Isaac and a wife. The angels were used to find Isaac a wife. Genesis 24 7, the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. Angels are used to direct. Angels are used to give us guidance. Angels are used to move us into places where we should be according to the plan and purpose that God has written about our book in des- a book of de- our book of destiny. Got tongue-tied there. Woo! Into our book of destiny. Our book of destiny is the roadmap for the plan of our life. And it's God that uses his hand. It's God that uses the angel of the Lord to bring a wife about for Isaac. So why can't God use angels today to lead and guide us? He can, if we allow him. There's a connection there. Let's look at Jacob. Notice we've hit every patriarch so far of the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. There was angel activity in all three of their lives. Genesis 32, verse 24. This was when Jacob was left alone to wrestle with the angel of the Lord. He was getting ready to meet Esau, and Esau was on a mission. Esau was on a mission of vengeance. Esau was on a mission to bring about justice to to brother Jacob because Jacob had robbed him of his birthright years before. But Jacob is all by himself. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. I am not going to let you go until you bless me. So Jacob is here, it's the middle of the night, he's by himself, it's dark, he's nervous. How is Esau going to respond to me? What is Esau going to do to me? Esau, the last time I left him, was ready to kill me. Esau had threatened to take my life because of the the deception that I put on him. What is Esau going to do? And then suddenly, out of the darkness, a man grabs him. And Jacob begins to wrestle for his life. And he's wrestling all night long and he can't get away from this man. He cannot prevail against him and the man cannot prevail against Jacob. The adrenaline is running through Jacob. Man, he is holding on and fighting for dear life. 
And finally, the angel says, you've got to let me go because the day is about to dawn. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Now the name Jacob means supplanter. The name Jacob means conniver. The name Jacob means uh, I'm going to rip you off as best I can and as quick as I can. The name Jacob means heel grabber because actually when Esau was born, Jacob was still in his mother's womb and he reaches out and grabs the heel of Esau while Esau is being born. So it was in Jacob's nature to be a conniver, to be a deceiver, to be one of those that uses others for their own gain. That was in Jacob's nature. But this wrestling match with the angel that night brought a name change, and not only a name change, but a nature change to Jacob. He said, no longer will you be called heel grabber. Not only, not, no longer will you be called conniver. But he said, your name will be called Israel from here on out because you're like a prince. You have power with God and with men. Oh, God can use supernatural forces to work in our lives if we let him. God can use supernatural things in our lives to bring about change in our lives. This situation that we're going through right now with this shutdown and this pandemic, God can use that to stir us and to stir the church. Oh, I don't want to ever go back to normal. I don't ever want to go back to what we had before as far as a church. I'm praying, God, let this thing take us to the next level. Let this thing take us to the next level of worship. Let this, this pandemic and this shutdown take us, God, to the next level, to move us into the next realm, the next anointing, the next level of worship, the next level of commitment the next level of walking with you. I, somebody sent me a, a text and a picture the other day, and it said, after this is over, we don't want to go back to normal because normal did not work. We don't want to be normal anymore. Family Worship Center, we don't want to be normal anymore. We want to be abnormal. We want to be anointed now. We want to have pr power with God. We want to have influence with men. We want to prevail over the lethargy and the mediocrity of the hour. We want to be a church that's on fire, a church that's ready, a church that is, is moving with the presence of the Lord. So this angel brought about this name change for Jacob. Gideon. Gideon. He was one of the judges of Israel, 31 judges total in the history of Israel during the times of the judges, 31 of them. It says in Judges 6, 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. There are going to be times when you and I are walking in a trial. We're walking in a storm. We're walking, it seems like, all by ourselves. We're moving and walking through a storm that we cannot see 10 feet in front of us. We feel like we're isolated and alone. If you've ever been in what 
they call a whiteout. It's one of the craziest, scariest situations that you're driving down the road and suddenly you, you run into a, a, an area where the wind is blowing so hard and it's snowing so hard that you cannot see anything in front of you. It's just white. And panic begins to set in because you don't know what's on the other side or what's coming toward you. But listen, the angel of the Lord looked at Gideon, who Gideon was just an ordinary man by the threshing floor. The angel of the Lord called him a mighty man of valor. You see, the connection between the angels and the believers is God will use them to tell us God sees you in a different way than you see yourself. God sees each and every one of us differently than we see ourselves. God sees us in a way that nobody else sees us. You can't even see. You, the devil does not want you to see yourself like God sees you. The devil does not want you to see yourself like God sees you. If I could say that over and over again until you finally believe that the devil does not want you to realize how God really sees you. The devil does not want you to see the potential in you. The devil does not want you to see the real strength in each and every one of us because we choose every day to live for God. We choose every day to walk with the Lord. We choose every day to move in the presence of the Lord rather than to go out into the world and enjoy sin for a season. There's strength in commitment. There's strength in faithfulness. And God is going to bless you. But I pray that tonight you will see yourself as God sees you and not like the enemy sees you. I would pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, let each and every one of us begin to see ourselves like you see us. You see us like the angel said to Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. Well, it doesn't look like it because I messed up here and I messed up over there last week and this happened to me and I failed in this test. But listen, God sees you for what you really are. He knows that we struggle with our flesh. He knows that we deal with things. Paul dealt with them. He said, the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I end up doing. And he said, the things that I want to do, I can't ever seem to get that accomplished. Paul knew the struggle. He said, I have to die daily. And every day you wake up and you live for God is another day for another victory. And the more victories that you acquire in your life, the stronger you get in God. The more giants that you slay in your life, the bigger the giant comes along the next time. And you said, you know what? God gave me that giant. God will take care of this giant. Look at the life of David. David heard the challenge of Goliath. He heard the challenge of the enemy that defied the armies of the living God. And something swelled up and rolled up inside of David. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And they all looked at David and they said, we, we see you, David, you're just a teenage boy. We see you, David, you're just a shepherd boy. But David had already been through a couple battles himself. He said, God gave me a bear, and I killed him. God sent a lion, and I killed him as well. And he said, if God gave me the bear, and God gave me the lion, I can take out this giant in the name of the Lord. And that's exactly what he did. Let me ask you this today. Let me ask you this. Let me Think back. Where are the bears in your lives that you have destroyed? 
Where's the lions that have come to try to attack you and destroy you? But yet you're still standing. You're still alive, and the lions are dead. Where's all those promises from the devil that he said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you bankrupt. I'm going to send a disease on your body. I'm going to destroy your marriage. I'm going to destroy your family. Where's that devil tonight? You're still married. You're still standing. You still have money in your pocket. Your bills are paid. Where is it? Some of you may be in the battle right now and you may not have the money. Some of you may be in a battle right now and your marriage is on the rocks. Just know this. God sees you stronger than you see yourself. God sees you stronger than you see yourself. God sees you as a mighty man of valor. God sees you as victorious. But you've got to start believing it. And you see, the devil wants you to think that you're a loser. And the devil wants you to think you're already defeated. And then your mouth begins to say those negative things. And then when your mouth begins to say those negative things, just like God said in Numbers 13, he said, I'm going to give the children of Israel exactly what they spoke about themselves. They said, we're going to die in the wilderness. I'm going to let them die in the wilderness. They said, it's all over for us. It's going to be all over for them. And I'll raise up a generation that will believe me. So how does that angel see you tonight? How does the Lord see you tonight? Stand strong, stand in faith, and believe what God is trying to do. The book of Daniel, we're going to spend a little time here. We're going to spend a time in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. Chapter number 10. And verse number 10. Now Daniel was given a situation and a ministry for the king. The king had seen a vision and Daniel was chosen as one of those to bring about the interpretation of the dream. And so we see Daniel here in Daniel 10.10. says, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I spake unto thee, and stand upright. Stand up, Daniel, for unto thee... Am I now sent? And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. So God has sent the answer through a messenger. Verse 12, Daniel 10. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. And I am come for thy words. I'm coming to bring you the interpretation, Daniel. I'm coming to bring you the answer to this vision that you've sought the Lord about. First of all, I want to tell you this, Daniel. I want to tell you that we heard you the first day. I want to tell you that when you set your heart on this matter and begin to pray the first day, God had the answer for you. 
Now, if you'll look in this Daniel 10, we don't have time to get into it a lot and in, in great detail, but this is the angel Gabriel. Gabriel is a messenger angel. All right? Gabriel delivers messages. Gabriel delivered the message to Daniel. Gabriel delivered the message to Elizabeth about the birth of John the Baptist. Gabriel delivered the message to Mary about the virgin birth that she was about to become involved in. Gabriel is a messenger angel. Another class of angels is the warrior angels. And this is where verse 13 comes in of Daniel chapter 10. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, this is a picture of spiritual warfare in the heavenlies. The Bible says that the devil, that Satan, is the prince and power of the air. That he is the God of this world. That he is the spirit that works now in this world and works through the spirit of Antichrist. So, you have the church. The church is on the earth. We are the body of Christ on the earth. We have been given a divine edict and command. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. But this, the end shall not come until this gospel be preached to every nation and every creature. That's what we're doing tonight, preaching to every nation and every creature. And so the church, the body of Christ is on the earth. Paul saw, talked about, three heavens. He had a vision as he was talking about and describing these three heavens, and he said, I found myself in the third heaven. And he said, I cannot even utter the things that I saw in the third heaven. So the first heaven is the atmosphere, the sky that we see. The clouds. The stratosphere, the ionosphere, you know, all of those spheres that make up the air that we breathe and the layers that surround the good old earth, which I believe is round. I believe the earth is round. Just to put that in there, that's, I'm not charging you any extra for that. The earth is round. And... That's the first heaven. The second heaven is outer space. After you leave the earth's atmosphere and you escape the gravitational pull of the earth, you find yourself in the second heaven, outer space. And then way beyond outer space, you could say in the sides of the north, what the Bible describes, the devil said, I will set in the sides of the north like God. In the sides of the north, then you find eventually 
We were going to roll into that heavenly city, that new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. That holy city that we're going to live in, that's 1,500 miles this way and 1,500 miles that way and 1,500 miles high, and we don't have time to get into that tonight either. So Paul said, I was in the heavens of the heavenlies. I was in that city. I was in the third heaven. So, but between the kingdom of God, between the kingdom of heaven here on the earth, we have a situation where the prince and the power of the air is between us and our prayers getting into the throne room of heaven. And we know that in the throne room of heaven, there are golden bowls and or vows, and those golden bowls are full of the prayers of the saints. So in order for me to get my prayers from the earth up into heaven, they're going to have to transport and they're going to have to travel through the atmosphere into the throne room of God. And between me and the throne room of God, there is the prince and power of the air. Ephesians chapter 6, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's the hierarchy of hell. Daniel experienced that in Daniel 10, 13, where Gabriel says to him, the prince of Persia withstood me 21 days. And then Michael had to come, and in verse 14 he said, now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for the vision, for yet the vision is for many days. Michael had to come. Why? Because Michael is a warrior angel. Do you have scripture for that? Yes, I do. When Moses died, God buried Moses. But if you look in the book of Jude, it says that the devil, Satan, and Michael disputed over the body of Moses. And Michael did not bring a railing accusation against the devil, but simply said, the Lord rebuked thee. Michael contended for the body of Moses. And so Michael had to come because this king of Persia, this prince of the kingdom of Persia, is a demonic spirit that was over the nation and the empire of Persia. Because if you will look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 through 16 or 18, you will see the hierarchy of hell. Maybe verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy. Principalities and powers. There's demonic principalities over nations. There's demonic principalities over continents. There's demonic principalities over states and counties and cities. There's demonic strongholds. Some cities are, are known for the, the sin and the iniquity in them. Look at San Francisco. What's over San Francisco? The spirit of homosexuality. What's over New York City? Perversion, homosexuality, murder. Cities with the highest suicide rates. Spirit of suicide resides and rests and hovers over them. So the answer that was coming to Daniel had to go through the prince of Persia. So Michael had to be sent to contend with the prince of Persia, push him out of the way, and allow Gabriel to come through with the message. 
I'm talking about spiritual warfare tonight. This is a connection that we have to learn in this hour. You have to realize that there is a war going on in the heavenlies. You have to realize that it takes a while for your praises to go up and the glory to come down. You know, you, you come into church and we all oh, were able to come to church together. We're all able to come into church and it just seems like some services are just on fire and everybody's worshiping and other services, it's like trying to start a fire with a bunch of soggy wood. Nothing's happening. Nothing's moving. The only thing roaring is not the praises of God's people. It's the air conditioner. And believe me, at Family Worship Center, we use the air conditioner. What's going on? I'm telling you that the praises are trying to break through the heavenlies to get to the throne room of God. Let's keep looking at Daniel, verse 20. So remember, keep in mind, the prince of Persia is over the empire of the Medo-Persian empire. He's controlling it. He is a demonic force. The answer, this is the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw of the end time. Daniel was seeking God. It takes 21 days for the answer to finally get there. It takes 21 days from the time Daniel started seeking God to the answer getting there. And the angel, when he got there, said, We heard you the first day, and we were on our way, but we encountered some delay from the prince of Persia. Brothers and sisters, your prayers have been heard the first day. But I'm telling you, the answer gets delayed because of the principalities and powers. The answer gets delayed because of the strongholds. You see, there's a connection between the believer and the, and the angels. And we're going to have to realize that the angels have been sent in this last day and in this last hour to do a work on the earth. The Bible says that God is sending a harvest on the, uh, to the four corners of the earth in this last day. And the angels are going to be the harvesters. I'm telling you that we are going to have to employ the angels of the Lord to work in our lives in this last day. In this next awakening that is coming because of all that is going on. All the shifting in the world. All the pandemic. All of being shut down and shelter in your house. All the, the price of oil going below zero to negative $36 a barrel. You've got to pay somebody to take a barrel of oil. What in the world is going on in this world? God is shaking everything that can be shaken. And we're going to have to realize that there is. Going to, there is and we have to realize that there is a connection between the angels of the Lord in this last hour and between the believers between God's people and it's time for us to begin to, to speak the word and to let the voice of God and the will of God go forth from our lips now let's look and see what happens so Gabriel shows up with Daniel and he says we heard you the first day it's been 21 days because we had some satanic interference. One of my friends used to say satanic interference. We had some interference from the enemy. Michael came, fought with the prince of Persia. What are you talking about, pastor? That's a demon spirit, of course. 
They're fallen angels. They're in the same class as Michael. They're exactly like Michael. They're just, they're just bad. They're just the angels of darkness. The demons are fallen angels. So we got angels fighting against angels here. You better believe in this stuff because it really happens. You better start speaking faith over your children, and you better start doing spiritual warfare over your children. Your children aren't messing up just because they think they're messing up. The children are messing up because these de demonic forces are trying to attack. These demonic forces are trying to pull them down. These demonic forces are trying to take out your kids and destroy your marriage and uproot your lives and pull you out of church. You better start working. And you better keep praying, and you better keep fasting, and you better keep believing God, and you better start releasing angels into your life to do the work of God in your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, look at verse 20. Then said he, Daniel, is being talked to by Gabriel, Knowest thou wherefore I am come unto thee, or I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. He said, I am going to return now, Daniel, that I'm going to give you the interpretation of the dream. And when I give you the interpretation of the dream, Daniel, then I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go back and fight with the prince of Persia. And when I fight with the prince of Persia, when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. For those of you who want to see how this really happened, go back and see when the captivity of Israel was. When Daniel was in captivity in Babylon under the king Nebuchadnezzar. And look at the year and the time frame when it was. Because Gabriel said this, When I'm gone back, I'm going to fight with the prince of Persia alongside of Michael. And when the, I am gone... Then the prince of Greece will come. The Medo-Persian Empire was overtaken by a young man, 33 years old, that had just conquered the entire world. His name was Alexander the Great, and he was from Greece. And the Grecian Empire was set on up in world history. Happened at the same time that Daniel's receiving the vision. Happened at the same time that Daniel was talking to Gabriel. Happened at the same time that Gabriel saying, Daniel, I'm going to go back and I'm going to fight the prince of Persia. And when I'm gone, the prince of Greece is going to come. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying this. What happens in the heavenlies is what shows up on earth. What the church needs to realize is that we are going to have to start working in the heavenlies. We're going to have to start releasing angels of the Lord to do the will of God in our lives. We're going to have to start releasing the angels of the Lord and give them charge to do what God has called them to do in this hour. You see, I believe that in this city that I reside in, in this county, in this state, there are angels of the Lord that have been strategically placed 
everywhere around. And they are waiting for my command. And they are waiting for me to give the go. Because I am the body of Christ on the earth now. Jesus is not here. I am the mouth of Christ on the earth now in this region because his spirit lives inside of me. And my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's time for me to release the angels. It's time for me to release them to go do the work of the Father. It's time for them to be released to do what my book of destiny has called me to do. Because God put me in this area for this time. God didn't let me live 50 years ago and pastor. God didn't let me live 100 years ago and pastor down in Texas or Florida or up in Maine. God called me for this place, for this hour, and for this time. God has called each and every one of us to this hour, to this time, and to your place. God has called you. I'm talking about a connection between the believer and the angels. It's all in Daniel chapter 10. Verse 21 says, But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael, your prince. What are you saying, Pastor? And I'm going to close with this. I'm saying this. God wants to do a great thing in the earth before this thing's all wrapped up. God does not want to and will not come back after a sick, lazy, lethargic, anemic church. God is coming back after a church that's on fire, a church without spot or wrinkle, a church that's ready to see him, a church that is mobilized in their faith, mobilized and ready to speak the word of faith. I'm going to get deeper into this next time, next week. I'm going to get deeper into this study next week where the believer's role is and the connection between us and the angels. Why wouldn't the angels? That's all over Scripture. It was angels that God sent per the prayer of Abraham to go get Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Why wouldn't God do that now? It was the angels of the Lord that spoke to Elizabeth and Mary. It was the angel of the Lord that busted Peter out of prison in the book of Acts. It was the angel of the Lord that stood by and watched Herod fall off of his throne and die by being eaten by worms. Why wouldn't God do that in the church today? Why wouldn't God's angelic army be in control and command today? Come back and listen to this again. Go to Daniel chapter 10. Jump over then to Ephesians chapter 6. It's real. This is real. We're playing for keeps here. It's time for us to get our attention off of how bad we are, how low we are, how insufficient we have been, how we're losers, how we're defeated, how it's not going to happen, and it's time for us to realize you're a mighty man of valor, just like the angel told Gideon. You are a mighty man of valor. Amen. I'll see you Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. God bless you. Go back and read these scriptures again. I love you. I'm praying for you. Family Worship Center, you need anything, or anybody out there watching this broadcast, you need anything, please text us. Please message us on Facebook or through the Internet. Please get a hold of us. 
And we'll do our best to minister to you and help your family as well. God bless you, love you, in Jesus' name.